0: Started,
1: and so we're coming out of a conversation instead of beginning one.
0: Mhm, mhm, yeah. Well, we're all warmed up. We're all ready. We're all ready to go. Did our vocal warm ups together?
1: Ready to talk about some books. In one book, in particular.
0: Yes, a particular book. Uh, shall we do our intro?
1: Um, we might if my name is Gray
0: and my name is Marcy. And I'm a writer. And I'm a reader.
1: And this is
0: Bookends, a literary podcast
1: where we talk about
0: books.
1: Books. <laughs>
0: you books. always do that at like the same frequency. and You go books.
1: <laughs> books. It's how I think about books in my brain is perfectly captured by that books.
0: Books. In, like a, in yeah. like a good way. Okay. All right. Well, I'll take it. I accept it. That's That's okay. You can do that. So what's going on? It's February 10th.
1: It's going to be Valentine's Day Ooh. soon. Love.
0: Love, love. I mean,
1: love. both love it and love to see it and love, period.
0: So I would like to say on the topic of Valentine's Day, which is mm-hmm. this Friday, um, get ready, get ready, boys. Um, don't forget, I <laughs> I went down to Harris Teeter last night. And it was just, you know, as I am there constant. I'm literally at the grocery store four days a week. Anyway. I get it. So... Um, I was at the grocery store and I walked by the like, you know, the floral section. It was wild. There were like, I've never seen them go this hard for a holiday before. Flowers everywhere. They had like dozens of pre-blown Mylar balloons just like ready and waiting. Like I the I, I guess the demand is there for Valentine's Day, but like it was intense and it was just this this pink and red assault. Like as soon as you walk in, it's like right by the entrance. And then it's just like, boom, don't forget Valentine's Day.
1: Boom, Valentine's Day. That's how it's been for me, except on Animal Crossing Pocket Camp, because I recently got into it again um, because my boyfriend started playing it. And I was like, "Ooh, I want to play it now, too. And um, I just so happened to get in right when they were doing all the Valentine's like little event things or whatever. And so it's just been constantly like, would you like this? Would you like this pink thing? Would you like this pink thing? And I'm like, a little bit, yeah, I do.
0: Yeah, I do want the pink thing. Thank you. Um, Side note, it is thirty-nine days until Animal Crossing uh what is it, New Horizons comes out? New
1: Horizons. I want to- I am so so
0: stoked. Oh my god. Ugh But back on the topic of Valentine's Day. (sighs) Okay, so I know a lot of people, and I'm just, I don't know, I'm a little bit over the like everyone has to be snarky about all of society thing. Do you know what I mean? Like the like, Oh, I love to hate things. Mm -hmm. Um, It's cool to like stuff, guys. Just like stuff. Like, I'm so done with people. Like, Valentine's Day is a fake holiday created by Hallmark to make all the single people feel bad. And it's just kind of like, oh, shut up. It's cute. The aesthetic is adorable. It's nice to have a day to celebrate love. And I get that you're kind of annoyed that you're single, potentially. But, like, I also hear this from a lot of people in, like, really stable relationships. Like, oh, we, like, don't even do anything for Valentine's Day. And it's, like, a point of, like, pride and i'm like cool i do and i think it's fun i think it's fun to have a day with your significant other or your friends or your family where you're just like hey i love you there's pink hearts everywhere and like this is an excuse to like spoil someone you care about or like just take some extra time to think about the people you care about and it's nice and it's cute and everything is commercialized you can complain about this for every holiday so get off your high horse this has been my ted talk thank you
1: get off your high horse enjoy some chocolates watch it, watch a cute movie, do like, I I don't know. Valentine's Day is sort of like, I feel like it's just about love in general, you know, and we focus on romantic love because as society, we tend to value that as the highest form. But you can definitely celebrate Valentine's Day for all kinds of love. Like you don't even have to be in a relationship. And also, I think it's fair to celebrate being in stable, loving relationships, period. And on the topic, I saw I don't know, does this count as plagiarizing if I'm retelling this? But I saw a post, um, I might have been a tweet. I don't remember. That was basically like, what if people were that cynical about other holidays too, to the point where they were like, Ugh, "Halloween is just like a fake societal. Like it's just all about marketing and merchandise. What about Gal Halloween?" <laughs> and I just like that a lot.
0: Yeah, no, that's <laughs> true. If people treated true.
1: Halloween like that, do you know what I think we should talk about? Tell me. Groundhog's Day.
0: Ooh, Groundhogs Day. That is so true. I think um, it should
1: be a bigger holiday than it is. It should be a week long event.
0: Related to that, I did not realize how big Groundhogs were until literally this year.
1: Really? That is
0: surprising. Yeah, I saw a picture of what is his name? Yosemite Sam? Is that?
1: I don't know.
0: His name? Know um,. Too. And the reason I saw it is because the picture is, like, set up so that there's, like, a shadow that makes it look like the groundhog is wearing a top hat, just like the man holding him. Um, and so that's, like, the funny thing. I like, oh, haha, I thought the groundhog was wearing a top hat, too. How cute. But all I could see was how big the groundhog was. I don't know. <laughs> the Jack Frost movie made me believe they were very small. And they're really not that small. Let's get
1: into it. What
0: did we do this week?
1: Well, this week I have a segment for you.
0: Cool. What is it?
1: Why don't you guess what it is?
0: Oh God, is it quote troll?
1: Quote troll. <laughs> quote does troll.
0: it does this quote troll fit in the theme of this month, or is this just for fun?
1: Adjacently,
0: so so the theme for this month, for everyone that's listening, is epistolary novels or novels that are written with media other than just prose, so like letters, text messages, documents, whatever. Um. How is quote troll adjacently related? Do you want to explain? Give me the intro, quote troll, please.
1: Hear ye, mere mortal, as you approach. Pass not if you can't guess my quote. Cross my bridge if you dare. Only books will get you there. Quote troll.
0: It's still good.
1: It's still good. So still this good. week we have um, epistolary novels, right? And Marcy, how much do you know about epistolary novels and epistolary as a form?
0: I know the definition. I know that it kind of started in like sort of the gothic era of Mm -hmm. writing. Mm -hmm. Um, It's about it.
1: So for you and I suppose our listeners, in case our listeners are not aware, um, it originally meant a literary genre where writers use things like letters and journals and diary entries as a way to tell the story or deliver messages. Um, And so letters tends to be the general idea however more recently it has also included like documentation like newspaper clippings and um electronic documents like emails and blog posts and um text messages so i was thinking about this idea of using text messages in novels some people don't like reading novels that are purely in letter form or purely in blog post or et cetera. Et cetera.
0: i'm one of those people
1: Yeah, I personally think it's more about the author than it is about the style. I think that a good writer can make it work regardless. I just think that most people are not there yet necessarily and try to do it anyway and it ends up not working. Recently, I read a book that was told through these like, it was these these kids and they were in high school and they got assigned to like write letters to each other because they were in the same class. And so the book is just these letters to each other for a lot of reasons, I didn't end up finishing it or particularly liking it. But one of the reasons that I struggled with it a lot was they would recount things that happened between them in person in the letters. And the author's like reasoning for this was, it would usually be the character to be like, oh, I'm just trying to get through like what happened or like, what did you mean when you said this or whatever. But I was like, people don't talk to each other like that. Like people don't write letters and say, word for word what someone else said. I'm explaining exactly what you looked like when you did this, you know what I mean? Like, especially for the characters that they were trying to show. Like, it just it it was it was it wasn't good, (laughs) essentially, in my humble um onion. Um however, I also read a book around the same time, uh called Technically You Started It by Lana Wood Johnson that is told entirely through text messages. And I thought it was done really well i thought it did work um basically it's about um this guy martin and this girl Haley, and she thinks that she's texting someone that she isn't um because she just assumes something and he realizes like a while in after they've been talking that uh she doesn't like him because and she thinks he's someone else and he's like ooh um and it's like about them and they're like friendship as it grows and whatever. And it's like, it's really sweet. And I thought it was done really well. And it's also a really fast read, obviously, because it's just text messages. And so thinking about these text messages, I decided that for Quote Troll... Now, Marcy, I know you haven't read Technically You Started It. But I'm going to make you decide if it is a text I have sent to my <laughs> boyfriend or if it is from this book.
0: with the book that you just described? Yes.
1: And my okay. reasoning... My reasoning for why this is fair is that you have you haven't read. Technically, you started it, but you also haven't read my text messages, and (laughs) you know, double blind. You're double blind, but you do know me, so you can probably guess some of them. You know what I mean? Like you can, you know my, you know how I talk. So we're gonna see.
0: You do have a distinct text voice, I will say.
1: I do. So we're gonna see how this works, and I have ten quotes for you. Are you ready? Yes. Quote troll. Text number one. Venti Mango Dragon Fruit Refresher with Lemonade and Light Ice. Book. No.
0: Ugh, I've never heard you drink that drink before.
1: Well, it was my boyfriend's order.
0: Oh, no, that makes sense. He seems like a Venti Dragon Fruit Refresher type of guy. (laughs) I
1: know. I I went to the Starbucks (laughs) counter and I was like, sorry, I have to literally read this. Anyway,
0: That's so much. It's so, I this was is like, also a cute Valentine's Day idea. Also, this, aw, thanks. this theme. Sorry. No, yeah, no, that makes sense. <laughs> that makes sense.
1: Text message number two. My mother refuses to purchase flannel in those quali- quantities. Book. Yay. I need a better noise for when you get them right or wrong. <laughs> Hold on, what did I do last time?
0: I don't know. I have no idea. It's been i so cannot long. remember it's been 10 episodes it's i don't been know
1: so long okay text number three the lore of this conversation is troubling
0: you said that
1: correct uh,
0: you like to see? say the word lore
1: i do like to say the word lo- word lore it's it's a fun word and I think it's funny when it's not like where it's supposed to be used
0: I just anyway yeah when you're just like talking with your friends like haha the lore and then they look at you and you're like you thought y'all know what i'm talking about (laughs) He gave a little chuckle so don't act surprised
1: (laughs) or when i'm like my lore the gray lore anyway text number four yeah the sailor jupiter is on point
0: Mm, you
1: no but i could see your head i i saw why that one was tricky
0: yeah i'm not i like wasn't sure because that that could be a conversation that that's fair you guys some had, of these, I'm like, sense. these are
1: a little tricky. And some of them, I'm like, no, she's going to know.
0: Well, I mean, I would hope some of them were tricky. This would be boring if it was just if obvious was every single time. Like, okay.
1: Yeah. Text number five. Technically, he's been dead to everyone a really long time. Book? Yes.
0: Okay. I will say this is hard a little bit as an audio format because texting is so visual. Yeah. Like, your mm-hmm. choice in how you text is like says a lot about you as a person Um, and it's hard not being able to see like is there any punctuation is anything capitalized are there emojis are things misspelled on purpose or ironically or seriously like
1: say that that um i will let you know if there's a particular quirk about the typing Otherwise, I wanted you to not be able to see if there was capitalization or punctuation because, like, visually when I'm looking at this document, you can tell immediately which one is mine because I don't use capitalization. And I was like, that's a little cheapy. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's but, true. Like, but, like, I, if were you text really I mean. distinctly. hmm Yeah. Text number six. What is a plane but a metal horse?
0: Uh, you.
1: Yep. <laughs> you're doing pretty good.
0: You have a distinct voice, Gray. You can't hide it. You can't hide from it.
1: <laughs> text number seven. Oh, dear, sweet boy. I bet you believe George Washington really cut down a cherry tree, too.
0: Mm, book. Yes. You wouldn't say that many words in one text.
1: No, I would not. I also probably <laughs> wouldn't say sweet boy unless I was yeah. like, uh, a sort of <gasps> sweet boy talking about like an animal or something.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't you don't say sweet boy to people. Um. Side note, did George Washington... Did, he never actually... The Cherry tree thing, we've had this discussion before.
1: Yeah, this is for some reason a recurring theme in our podcast, but no <laughs> one know happened. why. Okay,
0: <laughs> but it, but but the lore, haha, is that it was George Washington, right? Mm-hmm.
1: But also he, Abe Lincoln.
0: Well, but we were just confused because his name is Honest Abe, and mm-hmm. the cherry tree is like, I can't tell a lie, mm-hmm. <sighs> but it was George Washington who. Whose, whose Who mythology, Yes, yeah, is that he cut down a cherry tree. Okay, cool, 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 yes. cool continue.
1: <laughs> text number eight. That's me being a clown because I slept from two to now instead of doing my homework. Like I told myself I was gonna.
0: I want to say that's you, but just because that's something you do a lot.
1: It is me. <laughs> it's important. This isn't in the text, but it's important that you know, just so you know, that before this, I sent just a clown emoji.
0: Yeah, that like one that's really popular on Twitter right now.
1: I like the clown. I think he's fun. Anyway. He's so
0: creepy.
1: <laughs> he's so fun and creepy. Ugh. You know my feelings about clowns. You're aware of yeah, that, smog.
0: They're weird. Your I feelings love... about crown. crowns? Oh, crowns.
1: clowns. crowns, crowns, Clowns.
0: Your feelings about clowns are weird. I love you, but it's true.
1: I know. I just think they're inherently funny, but not for the reasons that they think they're funny. Anyways, text number nine. I have decided I like country music if it's women being like, "Hey, fuck men."
0: I think that's you. Yeah. But just because we had a specific conversation where that was kind of the gist one time.
1: Yeah. I sent that to um my boy f- because I was I was in a um Logan's Roadhouse with the parents and they were playing a song that the whole thing was like, I can't be this like doll version of a woman that you want me to be. I'm never gonna be like that. So if you want someone if you want a girl next door, it's like if you want a girl next door, then go next door is the line. It's really good. Anyway, text number 10, and the last one. It has no empirical value except I enjoy it. Book? Yeah, you did really well.
0: I've just never heard you say the word empirical before. That's all. It's not all. one
1: that's on my brain, but I do like it. You know what I mean? Yeah,
0: that's like more of a word I would say. Last night, um, my boyfriend was doing, he's in grad school, and he was doing an assignment, and he was like, hey, can you remind me what independent and dependent variables are again? and i turned to him and i was like oh me the biology major yes i'm ready to launch into an explanation let's go (laughs) And he's like no like don't explain it to me like just tell me what they are and i was like no let's learn (laughs) i hate myself let's learn because i i've been a tutor for four years i love to tutor it's my favorite thing and every time someone like asks me a science question i can't just give them an answer i'm like all right so if you break it down like this (laughs) i'm so annoying
1: (laughs) You're well at least it means you're good at what you do though. You know what I mean?
0: I mean, yeah, it is. I am. I'm good at what I do. It's just <laughs> I can't I can't turn it off. Like
1: <laughs> I really like that cuz I can exactly picture him being like, "No, just tell me. Just tell me." Like, and you'd like, be like, "No, no, no.
0: <laughs> please just tell me. I need to just it's like a, like I just need it for the assignment like real quick." And I'm like, "Oh, no, no, no. Let me explain." He's like, "Don't teach me." <laughs>
1: <laughs> I like that a lot. So this has been Quote Troll. Don't
0: so that book so part of the reason that I have trouble with um books or really just texting in books at all. Like not even books that are wholly told through texting, but even books that just have a portion of texting, um, is because not to be like, I don't know, shaming older people, but like even someone my age, I don't text how an actual sixteen year old texts these days. Like Genuinely, I text differently. And I text differently now in my 20s than I did in my teens. Like, and I just find it so cringy to sit there and be like, but no one talks like this. This is so weird. And like, yeah. I don't know. There's su- there's a level of cringe to reading someone else's text. Because also, no one texts how they talk in real life. Like, we all put on... A little bit of a persona when we're texting, especially if we're texting someone we're like interested in. And that little persona is so embarrassing to go back and reread. Like, I, I can't reread my old text. Like, I cannot do it. I can't stand it. Mm-hmm. Other people's, t- I don't know what it is. Just the secondhand embarrass, like, embarrassment of the experience is too much for me sometimes.
1: I 100% get that. Especially, I mean, the thing about this book, I think that helped with that was that um, the character Martin is a lot more like relaxed and he definitely s- texts i guess i have to say text because you don't see him speak in the book he texts like i remember texting in high school um the female character does it, but that's like part of her character you know what i mean like it it's it's sort of explained in the novel but i have definitely read other books that don't do that or even not in just texting but just like in their speech and in the prose will misuse language that teenagers use or just like phrases that no one says that just takes you out of it and it's always so obnoxious because that feels like it's such a small thing that you could easily fix if you had someone else looking over it to say like now hold on that's you know that's awkward or I've never heard a human being say that you know what I mean but if you don't get yeah. it fixed like that, it can be so, so distracting. I mean, I that's like me the this,
0: this stereotype of anyone trying to use slang that's not of their generation, right? Is that they misuse it and they overuse it and they use it inappropriately. I felt a way, we talked about this a lot when we um, talked about Color Me In, mm-hmm. however many yeah. episodes ago. Because I had that problem with Color Me In where I was like, you need to cool on the slang. You got yeah. to back off on the slang. It's too much. People mm-hmm. don't talk like this. Chill
1: chill i 100 percent, and i also think that a lot of like the issue that authors tend to have is the assumption that all teenagers text the same and so they're trying to create what they think is the one way that teenagers talk when in reality that's just not like everyone like you said everyone puts on a different persona so you have to be thinking about what persona your character is putting on and i know for me one of my one of my I personally think one of my strong points in writing, just because it's something that I am so focused, like it's on my brain all the time and I've actively worked to fix it, is um, my dialogue and my like texting or um, things of that nature. Because like, you know, Marcy, that I have a project where one of the main um, components is messages through essentially Skype. and I
0: know that you can't talk about this project because it's like really in the it's future So like so it's far years ahead. down the road but mm-hmm. I just want to let everyone know right now that this project is amazing and I love it and <laughs> I support it anyway sorry
1: but like one of the things that I I know for me is is really fun and is also really like exciting is that it f- is the first time I feel like that I've that it's a representation of what kids actually... Sound like not that other books don't do that, but that it's been really fun to be like, yes, this is exactly a kind of conversation I've had with my friends before. This is something that we would say or send each other. you know what I mean? Like because you have to,
0: you yeah, it just feels true think... to your experience,
1: yeah. and and you can't just think about teenagers. A lot of adult writers have this issue as one like
0: hive brain,
1: yeah, oh, all teenagers use this thing. No, there's like that's just not how it works. Like, you have to be thinking in the same way that you would think about the individual characteristics of your character and the individual like quirks and whatever you can't you have to also think about their texting like that and so many people don't because they they just don't think to and i think we need to be teaching that a little bit more and talking about a little bit more anyway that's like the third ted talk i've had this episode So, no, but I
0: think that was an actually useful TED Talk that, like, someone might have you. actually gotten something out of and might be thought-provoking if they are and thinking so about some semantics. writing something from the perspective of teenagers. All <laughs> that to
1: say, technically you started it, I think does a good job with that. Um, and I hope to read more stuff by Lana Wood Johnson in the future.
0: All that being said, um, we actually read a book this week that is a epistolary novel from the perspective of teenagers however this novel is set in like 2003 so there's not a lot of texting texting did exist in 2003 it just wasn't the it wasn't what the it is crime. today yeah today it is for me the main way to communicate with people who I'm not in the same room with like and I can say that's, that's probably
1: true of most people honestly
0: of our generation at least like yeah that's 100% my first, like, means to talk to someone. Mm. Um, that being said, that was not the case in 2003. I don't even think all the characters have cell phones in 2003, which is I pretty realistic. Um, not everyone would have had a Nokia whatever at that point. So, um, this book, The Wicker King by Kay Ancrum, is more of epistolary in that it includes other documents. So, the first portion of the book has a lot of, like, mixtapes, like... It has the playlist for Mm -hmm. mixtapes that characters make for each other, which I thought was kind of cute. And then it also has like um, some medical documents woven throughout Mm -hmm. and some legal documents. So that's the way that it's epistolary. Um, Most of it is told as prose, um, but then there's also the element of, and I think maybe this is why it wasn't, I could not find it as an ebook anywhere. I don't really know. Um, maybe it's just because it's a small, it obviously was not like a big, like a big publish. What am I trying to say?
1: It wasn't one of the five. It wasn't big the big five publishers, yeah.
0: yeah. Um. So the like pages start out white, normal, like white page with black writing. Um. And throughout the course of the book, the pages become more black and the writing obviously flips to become white so that you can read it. So that by the end of the book, the pages are totally black with white writing um and that is like a reflection of what's going on in the book.
1: So what's fun is that um I did find an e um ebook version. I don't know why my brain was like what's the end of the- <laughs> what's the rest of it called when it's a book and it's e. <laughs> anyway, I did find an ebook version of it from our library and I did not know that. So good thing you mentioned it otherwise that would have oh. remained outside of my knowledge forever.
0: Yeah, no. Yeah, I have the physical, I bought the physical copy. Like, I think I got a used copy um, from Amazon. Mm-hmm. And it is pretty cool. Like you can see, like you can kind of tell like, oh, I'm in the middle of the gray space right now. Like things are about to get worse. Or like, mm, yeah, I thought that was a cool, very like physical thing that like you can't really ignore. Mm-hmm. Um, while reading the book that like you get all these other you get this like cool other indicator of what's going on that I thought yeah. was kind of neat. Um, cool. Let me read the synopsis for you because we haven't done that yet. All so right. here you go. This is The Wicker King by Kay Ancrum. When August learns that his best friend Jack shows signs of degenerative hallucinatory disorder, he's determined to help Jack. Jack's vivid and long term visions take the form of an elaborate fantasy world layered over our own. A world ruled by the Wicker King. As Jack leads them on a quest to fulfill a dark prophecy in this alternate world, even August begins to question what is real or not. August and Jack struggle to keep afloat as they teeter between fantasy and their own emotions. In the end, each must choose his own truths. That is The Wicker King by K. Ankrum.
1: By Kankrum, if you will. Kankrum! <laughs> Kankrum.
0: No, her name is K. period space Ankrum. <laughs>
1: That's what the government wants you to believe.
0: Well, I mean, it's, it is that is what the government... that I believe that's her name. Um <laughs> That's how names work with the government also. <laughs> so this book is like... It's shelved as young adult. Okay, I agree with that. Contemporary. Somewhat contemporary. 2003 is 17 years ago now, though. I don't know if that's technically yeah. still contemporary. I think that's...
1: That's a good question. Hey, we should talk about that.
0: Yeah, does it... let's
1: stop being contemporary
0: when does it just become fiction and then when does it shift into historical fiction
1: i don't know well and because also this was this came out in 2017
0: oh really yeah so it's not like it came out in the early 2000s right
1: it's not like it was like 2009 you know what i mean like it was and and what was also weird and i can talk more about this when we get to Mm -hmm. our actual ratings but the fact that it was 2003 didn't necessarily come up Except in the documents, because, you know, there was there were dates on everything um, and a little bit in the like, like you were saying, texting isn't the main form. And like they're using for the uh, mixtapes, like I don't people make make quote mixtapes, but they're usually just like playlists online now or whatever. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. But um, I mean, in 2003, I remember like our older sister in this this time period. The stacks and stacks of blank CDs right. that she would use to make mixtapes for her yeah. friends. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, What was I getting at? Oh, yeah. So I just, I don't know. When does it become? Because, okay, it's 2020. If you told me that it was a book set in 2016, I would count that as contemporary. But I don't know when in my brain, I guess maybe like if you said like 2010 is when my brain is like, okay, that's not contemporary anymore. That's like, that is 10 years ago. You know? But that's very subjective. So how do publishers decide to shelve it as contemporary? Like who makes that decision? Does the author because I describe my current whip as contemporary, but that's because it's literally supposed to be set in the year that it ends up being published. you know what I mean like it is <laughs> it is yeah
0: yeah yeah. So I'm doing some Google searching because this is an interesting question actually like where do things go from contemporary to fiction to historical fiction um, So historical fiction, from what I can gather is like set specifically in 50 years plus behind the writer's time. So like
1: interesting in
0: 1850, if the writer wrote the thing in 1850 and they're writing about something that happened in 1799, Mm -hmm. that is historical fiction. If they're writing about their timeline, obviously it needs to be like in a realish world. Like it can't right. be like these are seventeen ninety nine in an alternate timeline. In Mars, like, right? Yeah, exactly. Like it needs to be set in the same world, you know. Um, and then as to what counts as contemporary, that's a little bit, uh, a little bit more fuzzy. So like, like, but the historical fiction makes sense. Like The Great Gatsby, even though now it is historic in fiction. It's still not counted as historical fiction because it was right. written at the same time. It was written to be taking place at the same time that the author was existing. Right. Um, it's just now it's a glimpse into history at that time because now it is not yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 1925 or whatever.
1: The 20s or whatever. That is really interesting. I guess also like the thing about historical fiction is it's it's specifically not your Experience like you weren't living during is that? Hey, sorry, I have to
0: interrupt. Um, contemporary fiction is anything written after World War Two through a current day.
1: What? Yeah, no, what? Yep. no, uh, uh huh, no, what? Yeah, who's saying that?
0: Wikipedia, enotes.com, study.com.
1: <laughs> Wait, so contemporary is anything written.
0: Okay, so I think there's more than one functionality of the word contemporary. I think one functionality of the word contemporary is like the academic function, and the academic function is anything post-World War II. Right. The, like, Goodreads shelved function, I think, is anything in the past 10 to 15 years.
1: Okay, so there's a difference between academic contemporary and genre contemporary, Yeah, that's
0: that's what I'm going to say is like what I consider contemporary when I think contemporary fiction. I think fiction that is set in the basically today and now. Um, But when you are if you were to be like writing a paper, contemporary fiction would be anything from World War Two on.
1: Okay, interesting. I did not realize that those were different. I mean, I guess it makes sense that they have different uses because in the academic sphere, you don't necessarily need to be talking about, like, it, it has different uses. But that's interesting. Hmm.
0: So, let's just, let's jump in here. Um, enjoyability. I give the book a 2.75 with a 3 being average. I felt that it was a hair under average. Hmm. Um, kind of some critiques I have just sort of off the bat. I don't think that the documents added that much
1: yeah i agree with that to be
0: honest like i picked it because it had these cool other elements the thing Mm -hmm. that i think added the most you didn't even have that was the page colors Mm -hmm. i thought the page colors were the most meaningful thing that they added um the other things though like (laughs) honestly and i've talked about this before i'm really bad about when i read a book if there's extra content i literally ignore it like i don't read poems i don't read like little like history things put in i don't look at maps i literally just only read the prose and i just i don't know i have i'm blind to everything else um and so since we were specifically talking about an epistolary novel i made sure to pay attention to the other documents in a way that i wouldn't usually and you know what i think i'm cool to just keep ignoring stuff
1: (laughs) i would literally just sort of not read some of the things like i would look at it And then be like, that's a lot of words. And I know from past experience of reading these documents in this book that it's not going to actually add that much to my experience. So I agree. I agree with that critique. Yeah. I feel like it either they either shouldn't have been there as much or should have actually had a function outside of being like a cute gimmick. Because like, yeah, gimmick is the word. The mixtapes were cute, but you could have just had the mixtapes and that's it like you know like you didn't need the ones that really grinded my gears were the photos
0: oh my god i literally ignored them i don't like being told what characters look like like i don't like seeing pictures yeah that are supposed to represent characters and I agree. so it bothered me that there were photos throughout like it just i don't know i just didn't like that and they were all like dramatic and like i mean yeah. the whole book is like drama but like they had like they bits scratched out yeah. and like, it's like, who's taking these pictures? I don't, <laughs> where like, are these coming from? These? Right. I, Why the rest would of the things exist. Yeah. The rest of the things that they, sh- that she added exist in real life. Like, Oh, these characters were friends. They totally could have made mixtapes and that wasn't worth mentioning in the prose, but like, sure. I buy that. Or like the medical documents. Yeah. Those exist in the timeline, but who took these pictures?
1: Who is taking these photos? If it's important to the narrative, why are you not telling me that the photos are being taken? Why is it only mentioned in these? Why do they look like this? This is so dramatic. Also, just while we're on the topic of like extra bits, the medical documents made sense, right? However, I was reading one of them and there's like scenes with therapy or whatever. So they'll have like the paper that I guess therapists, I don't know, I guess they write on that. I've never paid attention to that. But on the section where it says medications, it just says antidepressants.
0: And I'm like, yeah. Can as you tell me what spent kind? The past two years doing medical charting.
1: Yeah, <laughs> this is your wheelhouse.
0: This is literally my professional wheelhouse. Right. Um, and it was kind of hard to see some of the medical documents. Just, yeah. I know. First of all, like we said, 2003. So I know them being on paper makes sense. Like they would have still been analog on paper, but it just wasn't how. It was not written how a clinician writes.
1: There should have just been more research so that was done into it.
0: weird to me. Reading it, it was a little yeah. jarring because I was like, I mean, I guess I haven't really done a lot of psych work. Like, really, mm-hmm. I haven't. But I can't imagine, um, like, the standard would be that different because there's yeah. a way you write in medical speak that's different from how you write in a normal day-to-day life like you have to kind of relearn how to say things to just put them into the correct format for a chart and so that was just kind of weird to be like oh okay <laughs> this is not this just feels unrealistic to me
1: yeah it felt like if you're going to include these documents there should have been a level of realism to them that wasn't present like it felt like someone who it it just it, it felt like the author didn't look at Actual records of things, you know what I mean? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. No,
0: okay. So this is maybe my critique of epistolary novels in general. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't mind if I'm reading a novel and it just happens to include a letter or two. I think that's fine because sometimes that's just how communication happens. Like, or like I'm reading a book and it has a couple scenes with text messages. That's whatever. Like, I get it. It's kind of like it adds a level of like, oh, this is how things are actually going, and you're showing me instead of telling me. The letter said this. Whatever. I'm fine with that. I think if you're going to, like, make a big deal out of it, it has to be the best way. Like, when you're writing, I I don't know. I'm not a writer. But I would assume when you're writing, you're not just trying to do, like, the thing that is cool. You're trying to do the thing that tells the story the best. Absolutely. And I don't think that the documents in this book told the story the best. Like, at Mm -hmm. the end of the day, like, I don't think they necessarily added enough like the mixtapes were cute and i get that they can help with characterization like they help say who a character is because like especially like i feel like especially in that era where mixtapes were like kind of a big deal and like being a fan of a band then was sort of a big deal like you had to go through a lot of effort to like right get music like where this right. is the lime wire time um like so I understand that by putting in like a mixtape you're saying like this is kind of the kind of person that this person is self identifying as Mm -hmm. based on the music they listen to. Great. But like does it really add that much?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Especially when there was like so many it was it was a lot of content in the one in the like in the mixtapes, it was a lot of like it was like ten songs, and I was like, "I'm not gonna just sit here and read this list of songs." Like, I don't especially
0: because I don't know all the songs. Like, I yeah. basically would just like I would skim through, and be like, "Oh, I know that one."
1: Like- <laughs> I like, <laughs> you know, there was a lot of research done on the songs, but not enough to be, I think, kind of worth it. Like, it I also add. thought it
0: was fun that they included an MRI at one point. Just mm. the results of an MRI, and I just kind of sat there. and was like, "No, none of y'all know how to look at this. I don't know <laughs> how to look at this. I'm not even what? gonna
1: look at this. Well, I don't know.
0: Nobody. I mean, it's, it's no they're it not. Says. It's fine. It's All I just that, don't think it added enough.
1: Yeah. All that to say, um, I my enjoyability was a two point five. Um, I mean,
0: we're in the same range.
1: Yeah. I same ballpark. I guess. I guess I'll I'll get to it in other ratings. I'll explain more in other ratings. So let's go.
0: Cool. All right. Um, balance. I gave it a three just because three is average, and I was like, "This is fine."
1: <laughs> I also gave it a three, but I'm thinking about it, and I felt like there was it took place over way too long of a period. That was a really weird way to phrase that. Like, I don't know. Maybe I maybe I should just keep it a three and take those points off from like writing style or something. But I felt disoriented in time and like i i don't i don't know how many months it took place over
0: would that be more of a believability issue
1: it might be okay i'll mm. yeah i'll keep it a three for balance and go to the talk about that more in the other ones but okay. just just know i had issues
0: yeah no, no i understand what you're saying um unrelated one of my lights and it's like a smart light like it's one that I can control from my phone, just mm-hmm. dimmed, flickered off, and came back on, and I did not like it.
1: Uh-oh. So that's a ghost in your house.
0: Um. So <laughs> expectations. I also gave it a 2.75. It is a 0.75 kind of day, apparently. Yeah. Um, I just want to say, like, if you look at this, let me pull up the Amazon. So first of all, it has, like, a four-star rating on Goodreads. Mm-hmm. um with like a thousand reviews which i guess like isn't that much um but if it's a pretty good sample size it has a four and a half star rating on amazon with 58 reviews um so maybe that's maybe that's just a little skewed in that the people that picked this book like were really likely to like it mm-hmm. um but i just want to say like on amazon like it's All bold for the top line. The Wicker King is a psychological young adult thriller that follows two friends struggling as one spirals into madness. I don't know if I would call this a thriller. I think I would just call it like a psychological. I don't know what else to call it.
1: Yeah. You know, it's it's not a thriller.
0: Yeah. A thriller to me means that I spend the whole book in anxiety. Like my Mm -hmm. heart rate is elevated. I am feeling stressed and it's not that like exciting things didn't happen in this book and there were moments of that but most of it's it feels more subtle than that to me like it didn't hit the thriller mark
1: for sure it's it was definitely a lot more subtle than i think it was marketed to be um maybe in part due to the fact that it took place over so long like i was talking about but also just because like like the thing that i thought was going to be the climax was not the climax you know what i mean and it was like a page of description of it happening and then it and then other things happened so i i think calling it a thriller is
0: misleading
1: yeah it's it's not accurate yeah that to say um that to say that's not a thing i've ever said i also gave it a 2.75 um a lot of people gave this really good rating and i felt i don't know I was expecting more, and I was also expecting more from, I mean, they are, there is that, like, quote, spiraling into badness, which I don't love as a phrase, but it was also less about that and more about the codependency, I think. so. Yeah, this know. is
0: a book about codependency. <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah. If I had to pick one word, which I was going to get to that. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, let's just, let's just go ahead and talk about that actually Mm -hmm. um because i think that that does play an expectation it kind of plays into a lot of categories let's just talk about it um so was this book glorifying exploring or critiquing codependency i could not decide Mm.
1: is that a question for me or rhetorical (sighs) that's a
0: question question both okay everything
1: yeah i agree i think it leans a little too much it it's It leans a little too much into glorifying it than I would like, but I don't think that was necessarily the author's intention, if that makes sense. Yeah.
0: I feel like she set out to be like, here's a story about codependency that doesn't necessarily, like, so the ending, obviously I'm not going to spoil it, but the ending is a little weird because there's a difference between the characters being happy and the ending actually being good for them.
1: Mm -hmm. Oh, for sure.
0: And And I think that's sort of
1: especially in a codependent Mm -hmm. relationship.
0: Yeah. And so I think that's where it starts to feel a little bit glorifying y is you're like, oh, you've kind of been seen. Like, it's not like August ever realizes that codependency is bad. Like that's the thing. Is he knows he's he's codependent. He knows that his relationship with Jack crosses a line. Um, like a line of being healthy and a line of being normal, but he does not care. Like which is very true of codependent people. Um, that's the thing is codependency is its own addiction, right? Like it's this, its its own, like you literally are fully dependent on another person and they're fully dependent on you and you just, it's a hard cycle to break because you're both just enabling the problem and no, neither one wants to end it because it feels good to be with that person and make your life about that person. And that's what happens here is him and Jack are in this really, A, the power balance in their relationship is not even at all um but like they both need each other so much right and, and it's so like, hard to watch
1: i think i think there is there is a there there could have been a way to make it that they end up the, this the same ending happens right and it but it feels satisfying and i think if it had been more of a character regression on august's part but it felt like the author was trying to make us think that he had grown in some way And it's like, if you want him to be getting worse, you can have him be getting worse. Stories like that exist. You don't have to convince us he's doing better, especially if you're just going to have it sort of, like he's not doing better, but try to convince us he is, if that makes sense. Like, I feel like at the end of this book, the same problems are going to be there. And August is still going to be unequipped to deal with them.
0: Yeah. It's just going
1: to keep being like that.
0: Here's my defense of that though. Okay. I will say it's I, and so I was a little bit misled. So at the end of the physical copy of the book, there is and I don't know if this existed on the ebook. There is apparently and I did not read it, a <laughs> e short that's like in addition to this book, like it's like a like a companion thing. And so when you look at the book, like I said, it goes from light to dark. The beginning is light, the end is dark, which I think is supposed to be like a reflection of August, like right. fully giving in to the whole, like right. living in Jack's fantasy world and the codependent thing. Um, so when you're looking at the book and you haven't read it yet, you see you go light to dark and then there's a light section at the end. So I mm-hmm. spent the whole book being like, okay, he's gonna we're going to get to the end of the dark. Gonna Something's going to happen yeah. and he's going to cut ties with Jack and something's gonna like something's gonna change yeah and so i got to the end of the dark section and flipped the page and that was it and i was so confused no but that being said i mean i think that this the intention of this book was to be more of a descent into madness book than it was to be a character growth book the problem is that that
1: was a like attempt at making him grow at the end
0: no, I I don't really think so. Because like, there okay. is the thing, there's a point where his psychologist says, you're worse off now than you were before. Okay, that's fair. And like, I think that, I think at the beginning, August is kind of trying to hold it together. Like he's mm-hmm. a little bit like he makes good grades. And like, he's trying to do things for his mom. And like, he obviously jack kind of takes over his life but like he sits with those like at the beginning of the book him and jack don't sit together at lunch he has his own friends he kind of has an independent life it's just that jack is like the steady undercurrent in his life Mm -hmm. towards the end jack and him i mean in the middle he jack drops his other friends and they become like publicly friends and they start to have that thing with rena in the middle there in the middle you know what i'm talking about
1: I'm going to be they talking like make about a, that a lot later on. They anyway, make another again.
0: friend together. Anyway, whatever. Um, I just, I don't know. I felt like it was more of a him giving up everything outside of his life that wasn't Jack. Like, and just moving towards letting go. Because, like, he says that at the end. He's like, it feels good not to make my own decisions. It feels good to have Jack in control. And, like, mm-hmm. I think he just is tired and he's just done with trying. And he just stops trying. And I think that's, I don't think there's necessarily a moral to the story. I think that's just what happens. Yeah. Okay.
1: Now I'm curious though, because I, I didn't have the page thing that you're talking about. And so in my copy, I might've actually had the page thing, but because it was on my Kindle that doesn't have any color. It just didn't let me know. Anyway, I don't know. Um, But I read an ending, got to the end, whatever. And then it was like, if you enjoyed this, this e-short or whatever, you can go to here. And I was like, did I just read it? Did I just read a did I read a short where did the book like so I don't know (laughs) now that I'm thinking about it where the book actually ended. So off the pod. Off the pod. Okay. Did okay. I think that's where mine ended. because before that, was there a thing about Rena being like, come home?
0: Yeah, she sent them a little note that was like I got a new apartment, come home. We
1: we ended at the same part then. I don't know why mine told me I'd read something (laughs) That's that's so weird. That's so weird. I was like, Hello? Anyway. Oh my God, what's our next, <laughs> what's our next rating? <laughs>
0: oh my God, who even knows? Ooh, our next um, one's writing style. Writing style. Okay, so I think we disagree on this because I gave writing style, and I know this because we texted about it, yeah. but I gave writing style a 3.75. The parts that were just normal prose, I actually liked. Like I, I thought it was a little weird. The chapters, this is a really, really quick book. Like you can get through this easily in an afternoon. Um the chapters are only like a max two pages long um but I didn't mind that I thought it kind of kept it moving like it was really easy for me to be like oh I'll just read a few more pages because I feel like a lot's gonna happen in these few pages and I don't know I just I liked her writing style for the most part um it wasn't anything like stellar like it didn't like blow me away but I did like it and I enjoyed it and Dis- I kind of, despite it all, like I did like reading about him and Jack's relationship in like a guilty pleasure way, like where you're kind of like, ooh, that's bad, but also I want to keep reading. Ooh, I don't know. Ah. And you're like kind of cringing, but you're also like, ah, but like, mm-hmm. I care. Like, I want you guys to be okay, you know? So
1: I gave it a two because I hated the short chapters so See, much. See,
0: that's where we differ. Okay.
1: I, yeah. So here's the thing. On a prose level, Ancrum had a lot of lines because I, you know, I like highlight or whatever when I read. I'm that kind of person. Um, so, like, you can literally see that, like, I enjoyed this line. I liked this. This is a cool quote. Wow, that was, a, like, an interesting line of dialogue. Whatever. But when I'm thinking about the overall, like, the book as a whole, I felt like there was constantly something missing. And I think that's in part due to the fact that the chapters were so freaking short they were so short I never knew where I was it would just be like a scene of them talking and I'd be like where am I in time I don't know because you won't tell me and it was like having something like that every once in a while doesn't bother me but when the whole book is one and a half pages of like sprinting from one scene to another but not telling me where I am it was really distracting and really upsetting because I don't understand why we're here I don't know what day it is I don't understand why we are where we are and like like one and like sometimes they would feel superfluous to me like there was a scene that was literally just um I guess it was at the more towards the beginning of August at lunch with his like group of friends that um is separate from Jack and it's just a scene of them like being like haha you always want to be in charge of of the group projects to one of their friends and that's like the whole scene like there's no like (sighs) A small something like that in between other things in a full chapter feels fine to me. But when it's just like that, it sticks out to me as unnecessary or as like, I don't know. It bothered me the whole time. I also really don't like chapter titles unless it adds something. So for example, I read um, a book recently called The Last Two Poets of the Sea. And that book had chapter titles almost always it added something um it framed it in a way that was necessary to understand the chapter or it added another meaning to the chapter you know what I mean but I felt like with this I was just so many times I would read the chap like I would read the chapter title and then I'd read the one and a half pages or whatever and then I'd be like okay where was what was the point in that like why did I need the chapter title what did this do for me
0: I completely ignored the chapter titles and I completely exactly. ignore the chapter titles in every book I've ever read, I'd like to say. Every yeah. book I've ever read.
1: I try not to ignore them because like I said, I've read ones where it helps or it it lends something to the it's there was a lot of this book I think and this is my main issue that was both somehow somehow both superfluous and scarce. So you have all of these like gimmicks with the like extra documents but most of them don't add anything. You have chapter titles that could have been useful, but ended up just making me confused a lot of the time. And also at the same time, like there was not a whole lot of description, I feel like of actions so much as of feelings, which is fine, except when it's paired with the really short chapters and the fact that I don't know what day it is, I don't know how many months it's been, it gets really disorienting for me as a reader. And so that's part of why I had issues with the book and why I made the writing style (laughs) ratings so low because i think because like as a book as a book about codependency as a story about this descendant into or whatever i think i could have really enjoyed it if it were written sounds mean but by someone else whose writing style i jive with more because you know writing style is very very personal it's everyone has different Mm -hmm. opinions on the same writing style essentially it's but. just
0: so interesting to me because I was so unbothered by the short chapters like it really 0% bothered me. I was so unbothered by like you said the scarcity of it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I was just kind of like cool. I've, I have I didn't mind having that space to kind of insert my own like feelings. I was not bothered yeah. by the timeline like
1: yeah these are all very personal reader. Yeah, things that we like, have. I-
0: they um, just genuinely, didn't I didn't even really notice it. Like I was like, this yeah. is just part of the book. Like, and to me, it just like, I don't know. It just like, I accepted it and it just.
1: And you just kept reading. Yeah, I just kept reading. Yeah. <laughs> that's fair. And
0: I really liked her on a sentence to sentence level, which is what you said. Mm-hmm. I think that's something I've realized. Um, I didn't really think about until we started doing this podcast. You know, I mean, I wasn't an English major. I haven't like really analyzed something I've read um, since high school. Sorry, I'm getting text and they're so loud and distracting. Um, And so I didn't like I just had never thought about how there's a difference between like the levels that you can zoom into a book. Like I can mm-hmm. really like you're saying like write like I can really love a book on a sentence by sentence level and hate it on a chapter level, but then yeah. like it at a novel level like there's. Like there's really different ways to look at it, and I liked her on a sentence by sentence basis. And so, since I was unbothered by the chapter thing, it did like there was nothing else for me to comment on. And so right. I gave it a three point seven five, but you gave it a two, and they're both yeah. valid.
1: <laughs> I just I you, I didn't realize this about myself, but I think that I need a sweet spot for chapter lengths because I don't love super duper long chapters. They tend to overwhelm me, especially if there aren't breaks in between them. If there are section breaks, I can handle it. Um, but I also Like I've expressed, don't like short chapters. So I think I realized for me the sweet spot is about two thousand words for a chapter. Um, and that which
0: is how many pages? Because if you're not a writer, words mean nothing.
1: That is true. Hold on, let me let me try and get. Hold on, I want to say. Hold on a minute. Hold on a second. So, for example, I sorry, I just went to the document for my my whip and just like looked at a chapter. Um, my most recent chapter is about a thousand words, and it's three pages long. So two thousand is probably around six pages, maybe more. Um,
0: that's pretty so, short, six pages. Yeah,
1: it's six pages. It's, I mean, it also depends on like your font and like how oh, okay. big your spacing is, and you know whatever. And this is on yeah. a word document, and not on like a page of a book. Oh yeah, and I feel like a word's word
0: document is, is a word document page bigger than a print page. I feel like no, it's it is. smaller. Really.
1: I'm pretty positive. I mean, like I said, it depends on how the publisher how it's published. This is but like I know when to me. Yeah, um, like most of the books I've read recently have had about two hundred and fifty words on the page. um, Just like if I do the math. So anyway, all that to say, I don't like short chapters, and this is new information about myself that I've recently discovered. Um we spent so long in writing style just for me talking about this.
0: <laughs> no, it's okay. This has been a Gray's Ted Talk episode. <laughs>
1: Grays Ted Talk.
0: Um, let's move on to memorability. So I gave it a once I, again I said it's the episode of point seven five. Said two point seven five, slightly under average. Like I think I'll remember that I read the book. I don't think I'll really remember anything about it. So that's
1: all. I gave it a three, just an average. I don't think I'm gonna remember like character names, but I think especially because you know like I had strong negative feelings about the some of this stuff I think I'll remember those
0: things nice okay that one's quick and easy um believability I struggled with this category as I often do um because it wasn't that I actively disbelieved it while it was going on and I don't know. I've never been in a codependent relationship, but I've seen them happen. So, like, I can see how this stuff would have happened. Like, especially when you're thinking about, like, a 17-year-old and how 17-year-olds kind of are and, like, how the world is so small when you're 17 and you're thinking about a 17-year-old who has kind of nothing going for him. Like, his mom is basically like non-existent he's basically he's pretty much raised himself and then he's basically also raised jack because jack's parents are totally checked out um i like want to give grace for all of that but then i'm also just kind of like how do you like fully follow jack's hallucinations like because jack Mm -hmm. is full like he's not like imagining hallucinate he's not like the kind of hallucinations of like a paranoid schizophrenic where you think people are watching you or like you think like you don't trust people or you are hearing voices that are telling you to do something he is having really visual hallucinations yeah which are more rare actually and they're not just like he sees it starts out as like he sees like a bird where there's not a bird or there's like it's it's like more of a normal object just there's not actually that thing there Mm -hmm. um but it becomes it gets to the point where jack literally has to follow tactile cues like he's basically blind like He cannot see in front of him at school anymore because of the hallucinations he's having. Like He has to accidentally bump into people to be able to tell that he's around people. And the only thing he can see is August because August is like the one constant in his life. And it's just like wild to me that Jack was that functional. You haven't spent, I don't think, a lot of time in your life around truly like psychotic people. Like not psychotic and like oh my god you're a psycho, but like uh, people having actual psychic breakdowns.
1: As yeah, because you work in like medical. Yeah, and I haven't
0: spent a lot of time in those situations. Um, it's just it's not for me. Um, but I've had enough encounters with truly psychotic people to know that they do not, for the most part. And to be fair, I'm seeing them in the ER where Mm they an intervention is going on. So like, yeah, you're seeing at the
1: lowest point. Yeah.
0: I'm seeing them someone most likely, usually what it is, someone else has noticed and yeah. said, Hey, either you need to get to the ER or they call the police, and the police take them to the ER because they're, you know, potentially a danger to themselves or others. Um, but there's like it I just think that Jack would have been at that point. Like he literally wasn't able to see what was around him because mm-hmm. of his hallucinations. And he was like functioning and going to school and holding it together and the only reason he like ever got help is because they got arrested for arson that doesn't make any sense to me
1: now that you're saying it i'm like that is that is and a little not believable. The
0: only people that noticed in Jack's life that something was off was August, who's the closest person in his life, so that makes sense. Great, cool. That would be someone you'd expect. Um, I think Rena noticed, but that's because August was around, and so Jack openly talked about it. And then the twins, who they were like, "My mom's a psychologist, and therefore I can like diagnose you from afar." That was so which, weird. Like, doesn't really make sense. No. Um. So yeah, all that to be say- said. Said. I believe the codependency and the fact that August went along with Jack's hallucinations, because I think that August honestly just like was looking for a purpose in his life and he was looking to be needed and he was looking to be loved and he was getting it. So like anything that kept making him feel those things he would do, you know, like for sure, I don't. He was just at like a really low point and he was really vulnerable. And I think everything kind of lined up for him, a non-psychotic person to be going along with all of the hallucinations Jack was having. Um, I do not believe that the only reason Jack would have ever been put in a psychiatric facility is because they burnt down a building like i cannot believe that he would not have like no one else his teachers his other friends his girlfriend because he is dating a girl for a while i do not believe that none of them would have noticed that whole time
1: i agree with that i think the reason it wasn't a huge like thing on my on my on my mind when i was reading was i was kind of taking it with a grain of like magical realism um because like it's like shelved as that, but honestly,
0: it shouldn't be shelved as that. It it's not magical be. realism. Yeah. It's the psychology. Like it's. I kept magical for realism it to, to is like not excused fantasy, by hallucination. Right. That's the whole thing. Is it's not a hallucination. It's actually happening. Right. It's just a little bizarre. Like the point of magical realism is the bizarreness, right? Yeah, and also that's not what's happening here.
1: Yeah, for sure. I I think this comes down to like I don't know. it's Same same issue I had with the documents of like there wasn't enough research put into what actually happens in these situations specifically with the hallucinations because like you said like I believe the codependency and I believe why August would have gone along with everything um but also I just I also want to talk about I gave it a two um I had a lot of issues with on a character level some of the other a lot of the side characters but also like just the ways they would interact. I was like, I don't believe that a human being is doing this essentially. Um, in that not not August and Jack's relationship necessarily, but like, hey, I wanna talk about the character whose name is Rena Medina. Number one. Let's talk about that. Number two, why is this so okay, there's this character whose name is Rena. She's like twenty or twenty one. She's been graduated from their school for like two years now. She's a waitress. She does poetry. She's, I think they literally say either Southeast Asian or Indian, like the characters don't know and they don't ask. Um, and she lets them like hang out at her house. First of all, why would a 21 year old cool girl want to hang out with two guys who are just kind of like generic boys, one of which is like kind of a jock? You know, that, and both of them, okay, I don't know, if this isn't really spoilers because it's the beginning of the book, but, like, they follow her around, like, Jack follows her around, and that's how he makes friends with her. I don't believe that a 21-year-old cool girl would be like, here's some 17-year-old assholes following me, I am their friend now, and they can hang out at my apartment whenever they want.
0: As a 22-year-old cool girl, um, <laughs> I would not be okay with that.
1: <laughs> Literally. <laughs>
0: I And, like, like.
1: Oh my god, I had issues with Rena. Cause she was just like, if she was removed of this story, I'd be like, this is a cool person. Like the none of her whole, individual traits are bad, like, but like
0: the whole thing, thing with Rena bad. and them like hanging out in her apartment and eventually and I I'm just I don't even care if this is a spoiler. Her and August like hooking up and like kind of dating for a Gross. minute I hate is that. so just like it is very manic pixie dream girl of so the manic, t- early two thousands. That's what it, it is. Like, it, really it is. feels like an indie movie that was released in 2008 is what that whole section of the novel feels like. And, yeah, I think and that's it's why it's bothersome. Like,
1: it feels superimposed on the rest of the narrative, right? Um, and like.
0: The thing is that Rena just gives them a place to go to that's not yeah, either of their houses. And I just think that there could have been a better way to do that.
1: I don't think that we needed to use her for them to just have a place to be because they don't have any really thoughtful interactions there's not really anything that she adds to the story other than for like literally a place to go and for someone i to mean tell. she
0: gives them a sense of like home for the first time but like i don't know if that really adds that much yeah. to the story because ultimately it's kind of not fruitful right right
1: right um and also i just i, I really don't believe that a 21 year old cool poetry girl would let these guys into her house just whenever they want especially after they followed her around that's so creepy also don't love the idea of a 21 year old out of college hooking up with a 17 year old that like she like she wouldn't I don't believe that she would do that and like genuinely be interested in him because like come on oh I think okay we haven't talked about this queer baiting I oh yeah we were gonna have that discussion a little bit
0: wait Uh, real quick before we move on to this I gave it a 1.5 for believability, which is the Ooh, lowest I've ever given it. even anything. worse than mine. I was so bothered by the psychology stuff. I was just, yeah. ah, just it's so you unrealistic for that. a guy to be able to like be functioning for that long with that level that's of hallucinations. Really and it just really bothered. Like the whole time I was like, how is Jack doing anything? None of that's this makes really sense. Really interesting. Ah. And that's like the whole premise of the book. Like That's
1: really interesting ah. because your like issue was focused on the medical side of it and mine was focused on the like personal more writing based side which is just fun because you know it's
0: like the whole thing of our podcast is we have yeah. perspectives <laughs>
1: wow anyway
0: um sorry what were you gonna say but yeah i wanted to have the discussion of last week we talked about i noticed in the reviews, some people were like it's queer baiting i would like i think i've landed on it's not queer baiting I think, because i think it's overtly queer
1: yeah i agree i think i think what I wanted to talk about is I don't think it's queerbaiting because it is overtly queer. It takes a while to get there, but I don't think that means that there was, like there was a payoff because the whole issue with queerbaiting is that they're luring you in, right? With the promise of there's going to be LGBT representation. Oopsie, no, there isn't, but there might be, so keep watching or keep reading, but we get it. You know what I mean? Like there is not, there's not a little carrot dangling in front of our faces and then yanked away. We get the carrot. Um, My only issue is I do think that I wanted there to be a little bit more discussion of sexuality than there was because I know that it's set in 2003, but those are discussions that people in same gender relationships have. Like, I don't, obviously I don't want to spoil what happens, but like if you end up attracted to a man and the rest of the book you've only shown attraction to women, I feel like it's not unreasonable to ask to have maybe a little bit of a conversation about that or a little bit of internal dialogue about those feelings yeah
0: I think internal dialogue was needed I don't think we got just like with where the book ends I don't think we got a chance for them to have that discussion yeah because the like overt queer moment does not happen until very late very near the end so I just don't think we got a chance to have them talk through it there were definitely scenes with Mm -hmm. intense sexual tension and both of them definitely knew it was sexual tension. Yeah. And I think it was just a deep denial phase of yeah. that. And like, obviously, I've not been through this. And I know your journey to like your sexuality was not a straight line. Mm-hmm. Like it was not like you just it wasn't like from what I understand about your experience, it wasn't like you were just like, cool, I'm gay. Like it wasn't just like it was, it was you more... just knew that. Yeah. And I, and I would say that that's probably how these two characters are. For them, I guess it's cool I'm by because they mm-hmm. both have seemed to show genuine interest in women as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and also with it being 20 years ago, that would be a bigger deal. Right. Not that it's not still a big deal now. I just think that now, whether or not it's a big deal, quote unquote, to realize that you're gay is very dependent on where you are geographically what your family's like like it's really really case yeah, by case it's Versus very then personal. I think there was more there was a more of a level of it was a little bit harder for everybody do you know what I'm saying like yeah I mean like the baseline is get different at
1: this time yeah
0: you know?
1: like <laughs> it was it was it was very different um I I definitely agree I was not I was not at all bothered by like the fact that there is sexual tension that they both knew and they didn't talk about it or that it was like, like nothing about it bothered me. I just wish there had been a little bit more of that internal discussion about it. But I don't think yeah, that, that necessarily. That's what I'm saying is
0: me. I wish there was more internal. Like I wish yeah. there was more of a moment of August realizing like, oh, my God, I'm in love with him. Right. But I think part of that also happens with the codependency of there's there's so much more to their relationship. Mm -hmm. Than the sexual feelings like Mm -hmm. the profound connection between the two of them is also independent of the fact that they're attracted to each other. And so I feel like it was probably really easy for August to kind of ignore the sexual stuff because he was bound to Jack in so many other really significant ways. For sure. Um, But I still think I agree. I would have liked to see a little bit more internal, like especially maybe at the end when he's like gotten a little bit more distance from Jack and they're not being allowed to see each other for him to be like, oh, I don't know, like a saucy dream or something even. I would <laughs> I would have taken that. Like, I agree. But I don't I, think it necessarily ruined the book or anything.
1: Yeah. And I definitely don't think it's queer baiting. I really don't know why people were saying it was. Um it feels yeah, pretty explicitly th- queer.
0: I agree. I don't think it's I think to call this queer baiting is really harsh. Yeah. Like, and just like <laughs> I don't see how that makes sense.
1: I was um before i decided to do quote troll i was looking at like um different segment ideas and one of the things was i was going to try to talk about queerbaiting a little bit just because we mentioned it and i already knew at that point what my feelings in the book were so i wasn't like is it queer like i knew but i was looking at a list of like examples of queerbaiting and most of them were like made sense it was like sherlock and watson from like bbc sherlock or whatever and like supernatural blah blah blah, blah. um but one that got my goat was marcy H- you do you know much about Killing Eve?
0: Um, Only that one time I walked into the living room and you were watching that episode where she runs over the girl and it yeah. disturbed me for three days and I vowed Aww. never to watch it because <laughs> I have a really hard time with violence on TV. Aww.
1: Well, it's a really good show. I know you're not going to watch it because you don't like violence on TV, but it's, it's phenomenal. I think about it all the time. It's so good. It's overtly queer. It is. Um, oh,
0: yeah, that's what I thought. I assumed yeah. it was lesbians everywhere.
1: For sure. Like the... <sighs> the main like I mean the two main characters but one of them literally has several sex scenes with women like it's not there's nothing queerbaiting about it to me but this list had it on as like as an example and I don't really understand and that one I was like hey hold on a minute we can't say it's queerbaiting just because they aren't sleeping together like just because villanelle is sleeping with women that you don't want her to doesn't mean that she's straight you know what I mean like it was really upsetting to me anyway. All that to say, I like killing Eve. And this book wasn't queer baiting, in my opinion, as a gay person. So
0: Yay. So how's that? <laughs> how's that?
1: Um what's what's your full rating?
0: My full rating is a two point seven five. It was somewhat saved by the writing style because I did like the writing style. Nice.
1: Mine is a two point fifty four because I just sort of had overall average or negative opinions. So that makes sense.
0: What is um our overall?
1: What was yours? 2.60? 2. 2.75. 2.75. Hold on. Mm-hmm. That is overall a 2.64, which I don't know. I feel like that feels pretty fair, almost a 3. I'll give it a 3 on good reads, just round up.
0: Yeah, I gave it a 3 on good reads. Um that is right around what we gave Starcrossed, a very different book.
1: extremely different, and for different reasons we gave it yeah, a very reading. different. That's reasons. really interesting.
0: Yeah. So, dang. Okay. Um that was we haven't even said the name that many times. That was the Wicker King by K. Ankrum. By Ankrum. So, Ankrum, sorry, Ankrum. Like you name. just you can't do a consonant and then the last name starts with a vowel. It's just it becomes one word too easily. This is true. Um, what are we reading next week, Gray?
1: Next week we are reading from Twinkle with Love by Santi Menon. Um, I have heard a lot about this author's um other works uh when dimple met rishi and uh there's something about sweetie are both ones i've heard a lot about they're apparently really good and really cute um and this one is also very cute apparently it's young adult it's romance it's contemporary um it's told through letters i don't know if it's all told through letters but i know that that's the why it's epistolary um and it just it sounds fun so excited to read that you did Very a good job of picking one, one
0: that's more appropriate for February than
1: I did. <laughs> it's a cute little Valentine's one, so
0: yeah. So wait, what's it called again?
1: Uh, from Twinkle with Love.
0: Cool, awesome. I'm excited. I'm excited to read something. We've read a couple of darker books mm-hmm. twice in a row, and I'm a yeah. little ready for something a lighter and more just like fun. So
1: I hope you Stoked. like this one because I don't tend to read like cute romances. I feel like. Um, I know you like those. It's obviously YA romance instead of adult, but it sounds like you might enjoy it. So I hope that you do.
0: Yeah, I think, I mean, I, I hope I will. It sounds like something I'd like. So sounds sweet. Yeah, cool. All right. Um, well, check out our bloggity blog. <laughs> what bleak. is it like that? I don't know. Uh, bookandsiblings.com because we will have a post up for both our segment and our book today um there will also be like we have like a list of every book we've ever reviewed so you can kind of get a quick look at that um, it's very fun it's there's good on i like there. the blog there's lots of them we have somehow despite only having this being our 13th episode we have like i mean how many books have we like reviewed 50 or overall yeah it's something dumb let me see we can i have a whole i mean it's i have a page
1: you have fully page dedicated
0: it. to it um oh they're not numbered
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh no
0: somewhere in the ballpark of 40 um, which is wild because we really haven't been doing this for that long but we just read a lot so um yeah so thanks for listening guys we really appreciate it um leave us a little review on iTunes or wherever it is that you listen to your podcast it helps us out check us out on Twitter gray ones gray ones gray ones to Twitter
1: way <laughs> ones to Twitter I tweet things on the Twitter
0: which is also at book and siblings correct?
1: Yes, at Bookins yes. Siblings.
0: So, this was a weirdly insightful episode. I we feel that we had about a lot good things. discussions this episode.
1: I'm I'm in writer brain mode right now for some reason. So, hopefully that... No,
0: I like writer brain. Writer brain's good. I'm glad. So, yeah. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody.
1: For the end, two weeks. With, from Twinkle With Love.
0: Woo! Bye! Ooh.